This is the Blue Bomber Podcast with CFL Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner, Doug Brown. Just like a head-on car accident, had to piggyback him, grab onto his waist as he pulled him, kind of like a tractor pull there for a couple yards. And you can play it safe, you don't have to take these risks and just nickel and dime your way down the field. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com. Hey, hey, it's G-Mac and Doug Brown. It's the Blue Bomber Podcast coming at you. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for downloading. And thanks for sharing our podcast all year long. You have truly been a big part in making this podcast as popular as it is. Thank you very much from the bottom of our blue and gold hearts. Of course, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers wrapped up their 2018 regular season schedule on Saturday of this past week. We'll take a look back at that quote-unquote game. We'll look ahead, more importantly, to this upcoming weekend's game, the West Semifinal in Regina. What do the Blue Bombers need to do in order to come out victorious? For the first time in a playoff game against a team from Saskatchewan, since 1965. That's right, November 7th, 1965. The last time a Blue Bomber team beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in a playoff game in Regina. We've got all sorts of features, all sorts of ways to look back on the success of the Bombers this season. The keys to that and the keys to victory coming up on Sunday. But of course, Doug, let's start this past Saturday in Edmonton. That was quite the exercise in futility. No. It was a preseason game, was it not? I, Did I get my schedule mixed up? Was that not the third preseason game of the year? For the I Blue guess Lions? you could make that argument, Doug Brown. Andrew Harris, I'm furious, comes out of the game averaging 17 and a half yards a carry, and they pull him. The audacity, oh wait. Finding the room up to the 35, the 40. Harris, center field, and a big first down. There's the rushing title, and here comes Keenan LaFrance into the game. <laughs> uh, look at him just run right off the field. He got that gainer. What a huge gash look at his, middle. Look at his teammates coming to meet him on the sideline, Doug. Proud moment for, for, for those five guys up front, uh, you know, they've battled for me all year I think they were more excited about the title than I was and I mean it just goes to show how much they care and how much work they put in and you know the continuity with those guys is, is you know second to none and uh, you know I wouldn't want to go to work or to battle with anyone, any other five guys in, in, in this league so you know I'm really proud of them more than anything. Well, that was funny huh how crazy was that to see a guy two carries got the record see you later just keep running you know, I'm, I was actually disappointed. He slowed to a trot, did his salute, and then walked off the field. Talk about, uh, I'm here for one thing, to accomplish one thing, business accomplished, mission done. I'm out of here. Is there a message there in terms of we're on a business trip, and even though it was an obligation for the team to show up, there were certain things they wanted to get done. Did they get yeah. those things done? Well, I think the big thing was everyone was curious. For me, the fascination of that game was Chris Strebler. So you're like, here's a guy started games early in the year. Matt Nichols is hurt. Has he progressed? Has he picked up and learned this this offensive uh, playbook? The biggest thing we noticed when Strevler started initially and Matt Nichols came in, you're like, wow, things changed. You know, Strevler was doing two or three things pretty well, but that was the extent of it. And then Mick Nichols came back and it was like, so there are 800 pages to this offensive playbook. Okay. Not just 14 that we saw with, with Strebler. So 
now, you know, we got the follow-up, right? You got your follow-up exam and you're like, okay, what have you learned throughout the year? He's obviously had packages uh, every week. He's a part of the offense every week and you want to see progression. You want to see a better understanding, handling, and you want to see how we'd operate having everything available to him. Granted, all the weapons weren't available to him. Darvin Adams not being there. Andrew Harris, like I say, coming out after uh, only two carries. Uh, Weston Dressler not being there. Some uh, starting off of linemen not being there so there were some missing pieces but I think he did pretty well Uh, my one criticism of Strebler is he gets triggered very easily so when you're good at running okay and you're not so good at being a pocket passer you start running quickly you're not willing to stand in the pocket and wait for things to develop you don't want to hang out there if things aren't looking if the guy's not open by 10 yards, you're, hey, you know, maybe I should just run because that usually works out pretty well for me. So that's what I mean by he gets triggered early and often. And uh, he's still very much a run first kind of quarterback. I think that's going to take a lot more time to turn him into a guy that runs as a plan B, not as a plan A. Um, he's still, uh, it's not there. First progression, first read, I'm out of here kind of the guy. It's going to take a little bit more time before I think he gets out of that but he's just so exciting to watch right like the first quarter he was amazing then he goes through a slump and then uh he got uh he was on the bench for a while and then he came back in the game and he was exciting again right so he also exposes himself to a hellacious amount of carnage out there but um you know i think that's the evaluation of of Strevler. i think he's improved i think he's a valuable asset uh, i think he's worth continuing on with and developing if you can retain him but at the same time you know he's he's still he wants to get out of there in a hurry faster than they should so it obviously been a long time since you've started a game in the cfl since early in the season how different was the experience for you you feel more comfortable out there do you feel like you had better mastery and control of the offense yeah you know i think uh you know you do anything for 18 straight weeks you're going to understand a little bit better at the end than you did at the beginning so you know i think i'm uh starting to get a good handle on the offense obviously i'm a, I'm a long long ways away from where i ultimately want to be but um you know i think compared to where i was at the beginning of the season to where I am now my understanding of you know CFL football and um, our offense is is, uh, is much better and you know I've had a lot of a lot of guys around here with our coaches and Matt and stuff helping helping me learn and continue that development so um, it's been great and it was a fun experience it was a fun experience for me to get out there today and uh, start but um, ultimately you want to win the game so I'm a little disappointed about that okay well maybe we don't need to say anything else about that Matt Nichols Seems to have his groove back. He was named the CFL Player of the Month on offense. Um, He looked hurt to me during that four-game losing streak. Do you think he's back to close to 100% health, or at least he's healthy in the parts of his body that he needs to be in order to throw the ball well? I don't know. I think in that four-game losing streak, I think he was just pressing. I think he was. Uh, I think the pressure got to him. I think he heard that outside noise. I think it pushed him to do things that were completely separate and apart from his identity. He was doing un- things that are uncharacteristic of him, and uh, I think you know. I think everyone goes through droughts or or spells or uh, moments where they're playing outside of their strengths and and so on and so forth. And I think he's certainly back dialed in, laser focused, 
And right around that time, right? It's funny, this group, this regime has not won a playoff game, but Matt Nichols has done very well in the two playoff games that they've lost. You know, he hasn't been the problem. He hasn't been the question. And uh, that's going to be critical. That's going to be paramount going into this game against Saskatchewan. The Winnipeg Blue Bomber defense has been outstanding down the stretch. In fact, in my opinion, it's sort of keyed their resurgence and that five of six record that they had down the stretch. And of course, right at the head of the class, Adam Big Hill. And you mentioned it. You spoke about it first here on the Blue Bomber podcast, Doug, that Adam Big Hill was not only the defensive player of the year for the Blue Bombers, but in your opinion, the MOP. And he has, in fact, uh, come out the other side of the season as the team nominee. Was the defense a concern for you on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I think they, they got hung out to dry a little bit. Um, they they didn't have the time of possession. Uh, obviously, the, the defense was on the field a, a lot longer than they should have been. Um, a lot of the starting unit was there kind of thing, you know, other than some injury concerns. The front four was all there. Um, the starting front seven was there, but they had a rotation. Uh, the front four played you know, the entire game, they had that rotation going on. The back end was uh, full of starters. And uh, I don't know if it was a combination of Edmonton having something to prove and, and going after it and, and the defense just not being into the game mentally. It was a little concerning, uh, the success that Edmonton had on the ground and in the air against them. Not exactly the performance you want to see as a tune-up going into Saskatchewan. I think as much as you're a professional and you're always trying to leave good tape because that's your resume. I think in the back of the mind, uh, guys still know, you know, that the urgency is not there because they weren't accomplishing. They didn't stand to it. There's no carrot in front of them. Certainly a a little bit of an off night for the defense, I'd say for sure. Is it fair that Edmonton misses the playoffs when, you know, if they were in the Eastern Division, they'd be hosting a playoff game with their record. Yeah, it's tough. That's always, I mean, that's a conversation that comes up every time this time of the year, right? It's like, there's always a crossover. It seems like every single year now, someone from the West is crossing over to the East and somebody from the East that had a losing record is hosting a, a semifinal playoff game. And uh, there's a lot of guys in the media and a lot of people out there that totally subscribe to that theory that it should just be, uh, everyone should be lumped in a pool of nine and top six go and and uh, you take your uh, your top two guys, get the 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 buy the first round by and and your uh your next two are are the ones that are hosting and the other teams so it's uh i'm not i don't know i just i'm a i guess i'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to that i'm not sure what you feel but i think i like the east versus the west and uh yeah we're going through a streak where the west is always crossing over and the west is dominant in the regular season but guess who's winning all the great cups yes the east is winning all right. you know toronto ottawa They've won the Great Cups the last uh, two years in a row, so don't you know lament about how unfair this is because those teams show up when it's one and done. Uh, the East has been very, very good. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The last time these two franchises met in a playoff game, it was in fact the 2007 Grey Cup. We will not go into detail about that game in any way, shape, or form. But the bottom line here is that the Bombers are going on the road. They're going into Saskatchewan. And outside of other teams coming into Winnipeg, I would suggest that this is Saskatchewan now, uh, the, the toughest place for road teams to come and play or go and play. 
Well, it's a hostile environment for sure. Uh, this Winnipeg Football Club has the advantage that they've experienced it a bunch, and they've had success down there a bunch. Uh, they've gone in, they've won Labor Day Classics before, uh, they've won the the opener for uh, Mosaic Stadium. Um, they're used to that, they understand that, and uh, if they play their game, uh, for me, it's funny, I wrote a column today about how you know Saskatchewan's the second best record in the league and they're playing the fourth best record in the CFL and yet statistically Winnipeg looks like it should be the second the the 12 and 6 team not the 10 and 8 team because statistically they blow Saskatchewan out of the water except for two things one are the return touchdowns via special teams so punt returns kickoff returns field goal returns and the other are defensive uh, returns for touchdowns. So they have 11 defensive return for touchdown. Uh, they have 15 special team. T- so this, we're talking, you know, that's 26 total over 18 games. So more than, you know, one point something a game. Touchdowns, uh, granted, you can't have one point something no. touchdowns, but you're no, averaging. One or two. averaging. It's one or two. Yeah, one or two, and or maybe three, one, and then zero. Who knows? But they are scoring every single game and then some on uh, defensively and on special teams and that really is how they got those 12 wins because if you look at their offense as a separate and independent entity they're not very good you know if you give we put them on a long field and uh, you know they don't have an advantage of, of turnovers or defense scoring and so on and so forth they're going to cough it up or they're going to punt one of the two, you know? So uh, the the game plan, the idea going into Saskatchewan really just has to, has to be ball security. Uh, you have to be patient. You cannot, you know, take risks and chances and play outside yourself. You just be methodical against these guys and let your offense do what they do, your defense. And just, you know, if your cover teams are on point and you're not making mistakes offensively and coughing up the football, you should win this game because fundamentally you're more sound in all the phases, maybe not in special teams, but in offense and defense, you're just as good, if not better than these guys, especially on offense. So uh, they need these other, these uh, auxiliary augments to win and if you can limit those, if you can handle those, if you can take those away, if they're absent, if they don't score in this game on, on defense, if they don't score on special teams, you really think their offense is going to score more than two touchdowns? Like, shouldn't. Really shouldn't. Uh, and uh, so, you know, if the Bombers just stay true, you know, the hardest thing in games like this is you get so fired up and you get emotional and it's intense and there's so much hostility. And you just do things you shouldn't be doing. You play out of character. You you want to be Superman and save the world and and uh, do too much. And you forget uh, about focusing on, on what your role and what your responsibilities are. And then it gets away from you. And then they get these quick, cheap, easy scores on you. And next thing you know, you're losing to them. And the two things that those touchdowns, either on special teams or a, a defensive touchdown, they all grow out of mistakes by the offense or a blown coverage on special teams. So you are very much in charge. Yes, it is an outstanding play by the other team, but that outstanding play does not happen unless you make a mistake either on offense or on special teams yeah so you know every time the offense has a snap just you take what's there 
Um, you know you can score against this defense. You know they're confounded. You know, um, you know they've had trouble stopping the run. Uh, you know you've been able to throw against these guys. Uh, as long as they can keep that defensive line at bay and in check, like they did in the last game when they blanked them, right, thirty-one to nothing. That's crazy. Um, as long as you can hold those guys down, don't let them get away with rushing three. Right? There are there are ways you can make them pay for doing things like that and checking down to a run or or letting your routes develop you know if you've got a five on three you should have plenty you should be able to hold on to that ball all day until someone gets tired of you know covering somebody or carrying someone somebody's open right so uh, there are ways you can combat against that and I really think you know the onus is going to be on the offense just not to give them an easy score just don't turn it over don't give that poor offense a short field to work on don't give them momentum and don't let them get a cheap score via special teams right these are things that should be anomalies and they've become staples they're the meat and potatoes of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders scoring on defense scoring on special team it's not your meat and potatoes scoring points should be your offensive unit right and that's not the case here so make them play you straight up don't give them cheap scores i think the winnipeg blue bombers have an outstanding opportunity uh to to go on and uh, go to calgary next week you're talking about a team that uses a linebacker as its short yardage quarterback <laughs> that's the lack of confidence that chris jones has in his quarterbacks overall brandon bridge the backup to zach caleros we don't start practice either team until tomorrow so we don't know really or genuinely the health of zach caleros i think the rough riders will keep that a secret for as long as they can this week even if it means letting caleros go through the motions if he's at least able to do that he was injured he's suffered a, another concussion in the last few weeks Doug so that's a huge mystery to the point where Saskatchewan a couple of days ago goes out and signs Drew Tate like how often do you see this uh, you know uh, you've already played your 18 regular season games and it's like yeah yeah we're going to bring in another quarterback that doesn't instill a whole lot of confidence if I'm a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan and certainly if I'm looking around and going who should I be betting on on this game yeah, no kidding. It's just, what are you going to do with a, uh, a new quarterback in the span of, you know, to grab, to get a grasp of any offensive system? If you're Brandon Bridge, how do you feel about that? Oh, yeah. Right? Well, I think they're worried that, you know, Claris is always one someone bumping into him away from him having to come out of the game and then Bridge, you have no idea what's going to happen when he's out there. So I think it's just. Uh, I think it's a depth thing and and maybe who knows maybe they're trying to rattle rattle the cage a little bit and and let these guys know that doesn't matter when where or whatever if they're not playing up to a certain standard there there could be changes so the key uh, neutralize that defensive front led by willie jefferson charleston hughes limit your turnovers certainly no pick sixes play well on special teams and of all the teams that should be able to cover down the field it should be a mike o'shea led team i mean he was a special teams demon when he was a player and certainly uh that's how he got his start in the cfl was as a special teams coach so if it comes down to special teams uh you know if you're betting i would think that you're, you're looking at mike o'shea to come up on the up on the winning end of this but it's saskatchewan and we have this conversation every Labor Day weekend, regardless of the records of the two teams, regardless of the health of the teams at the time of that game, it's still Winnipeg-Saskatchewan. It's still the biggest rivalry in the CFL. And strange things happen 
in games amongst rivals. It's just there's just something about it, and there's something about Saskatchewan and going to Saskatchewan that can see the game go against the form sheet. Yeah, they can. I mean, the the crowd there is so electric, right? If they get any sense of momentum, if they start rolling, if they start putting plays together, if they start, you know, it's a juggernaut kind of mentality, a phenomenon where uh, it, the players just feed off of what's happening. It gets, you know, that all that energy. It's uh, it's it's pretty incredible down there. It's really hard to broadcast actually because you to hear, you know, just each other or yourself talk. It's uh, it's stressing. But like you say, just uh, in this game, the matchup for me, make them play you straight up. You know, make it be your bread and butter versus theirs. Right, your offense, their defense, your your defense. Uh, their offense and uh, you know just eliminate the outside those those uh, auxiliary weapons the special teams eliminate that don't make mistakes on their defense sure their defense can you know three and out punt get off the field whatever flip the field on them you gotta like your defense playing against their offense on a there's no just don't play desperate i think that's what it all comes down to don't play desperation football unless the situation is dire and it calls for it because like you said if you just don't make mistakes in this game everything tells us that winnipeg is a superior football team as long as saskatchewan doesn't get to play that game where they get points from out and right field and they get points from out and left field and they get points from all sorts of different places where you're not expecting productivity if they're producing in those little ways where they have uh, put together 15 plus 11 right 15 return touchdowns plus 11 on defense 26 touchdowns added to their offense their offense is already the second lowest scoring i think in the entire league and then imagine if you take away those those touchdowns scored. I mean, their points for are abysmal without special teams and defense contributing and jumping in. So don't give them that advantage. Expose them for who they are. Play them straight up, and they should win this game. My mind goes immediately to that fake punt in the third quarter of last year's home playoff game, the Western semifinal against Edmonton. Was that the wrong time, you think, in the game maybe to be hyper-aggressive on that fake punt on, on the 30-yard line? Did the team really need to uh, to get an edge in that fashion when they were only down by one? Yeah, the the plan going in, and, and Edmonton's a, f- a fourth-quarter team and uh, a second half and a fourth-quarter team, so the plan is to keep the ball out of Riley's hands in the second half, and that might have been our only opportunity, right? You're, you're, if you cross midfield, they play you differently. They don't give up that situation so we were fairly close to midfield um, with uh, you know four yards to go and there's you know from what we looked at all week you know we were going to have a great opportunity there don't give them that advantage expose them for who they are play them straight up and they should win this game and so uh, my mind goes immediately to that fake punt in the third quarter of last year's home playoff game, the Western semifinal against Edmonton. Is that page completely just ripped out of the book? Does 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 Paul LaPolice or Mike O'Shea just rip out the fake punt play? Because that, you know, 
there are a lot of people look back on that play and go, that's the play that sealed your deal. You you went outside of form. Although the Blue Bombers like to do those trick plays, you didn't need to do that yeah. on the field at that time of the game. Will the Blue Bombers learn from the mistakes of the past two years and go, Here's what we need to do. Keep it simple, stupid. We'd like to think, you like to think and hope they would just because this is a, a better football team than we've seen the past two years. They don't need to do these things Hold anymore. Do you, you think the, the team that we're looking at this year, and, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but just for emphasis, you think the team that the Blue Bombers are going to field this Sunday in Regina is better than the team they fielded in BC two Novembers ago and the one they felt fielded at home last year in a home playoff game. Doug Brown, they're going on the road uh, that's a, in a lot of people's mind they took a step backwards this year how can they be a better team than the one well, they fielded last year just circumstance I mean the regular season it is what it is you look at the competition in the in the league obviously there are two wins off the number of wins that they um, achieved last year but I do think they're a more balanced they're a more complete football team and I think the play calling has to adjust to reflect that I don't think you need to roll the dice I don't think you need to gamble with this team you need to let your defense play defense on a long field um, you need to not have them stay out there extended periods of time I think you need to give your offense as many opportunities with the football as possible and they need to play their game which is not you know high percentage stuff not putting the ball up for grabs uh, being multi-dimensional finding a way to get Andrew Harris rolling and involving that offensive line I don't think I think that needs to be reflected in your play calling and your risk taking when you roll the dice I think this team is too good to subject them to these extreme kinds of chances when they're when it's uncalled for right just to be ultra aggressive and just uh, to try something to shake things. It, it's just needless with this football team, if you ask me, because I think they're as good and balanced and deep as they've been in all three phases right now. Just let them play football and keep everything. You know, we, we talk sometimes about guys being too cute. Don't overcoach it. Don't overthink it. Just all you want to do is just let these guys play football because they're better on defense and they're better on offense. And as long as they can shut down and cover on special teams, that should do it. Is it an oversimplification to say that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will lose this game versus the Saskatchewan Rough Riders winning it? You're getting into a whole a whole another uh, can of worms when it comes to uh, you know how you. A play not to lose mentality is nothing. Is something you ever want? No, just don't get just don't get too fancy with it. Just play, you know, straight up. Uh, this team fundamentally, well, the Bombers are going to beat superior. themselves if they are on the wrong side of this score. Saskatchewan is not going to beat them. They are Correct. going to beat themselves. Yeah, that's I, you don't want to say unforced errors because takeaways are takeaways. Okay, but it's going to be it's going to be bad decisions. If they lose this game, it'll be because of bad decisions. And coaching should not be one of those bad decisions, right? If there's going if they're going to lose this game, let it be errors from the players, not the fact that a coach gambled or rolled the dice in a scenario where he got ultra aggressive where he didn't need to. Have you got your airline tickets booked for Calgary? No. For? Oh, I got to Calgary. Wow. <laughs> for, no. For two I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm not now. flying to, to Saskatchewan either, but uh, <laughs> hey, I, I don't just like the football team. Win the week, Greg Macklin. Don't get don't get ahead of yourself, buddy. The Blue Bomber Podcast with Doug Brown. Oh, that is wow. That's fantastic. I like that. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or at CJOB.com. 